Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hopes fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passion of your former ignorance. But he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And that's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 24. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio, and we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and in front of me, like always, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? What's up with the music? <laughs> I like We're, it. We are throwing you guys off today. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Today, actually, Steve and I are going to be going through we're gonna actually gonna take you back in time we are several hundred years several hundred yeah 17th century <laughs> 17th century yes uh steve and i are going to be going through uh um thomas uh watson's a body of divinity yes it's gonna be good so we just decided to put a little twist in there with the music as we do not have uh, a normal author on because today's author has been dead for a while <laughs> so uh we're super excited because today we're going to be talking about catechism. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're going to go through this book, as you said, and kind of just take it section by section and uh, see what we can do with it. Obviously not covering every single point, but yes. trying to give a good enough overview so that you guys can get a flavor of of Thomas Watson here. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about catechizing or teaching today. Yes, so for our Brothers and sisters uh, in um, your Baptist circles and Pentecostal circles, please do not freak out. All right. That term, it is a biblical term. It's not just Roman Catholic. It's not Roman Catholic. You know, they, they took it away from us. So please, you guys, just 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 stay and hang in there. All right. Hang in there. <laughs> just hang in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. You know, we we were talking about doing this earlier on in the year. We were, yeah. And uh, because of everything going on with COVID, we just couldn't. But, um, you know, we're here right now. Um, just a couple of updates here. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And again, for our worldwide audience, uh, thank you again for listening to us and our domestic audience. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but again, a shout out to all our listeners, especially here in Texas, mm. California, and we're just picking up people. We um, we have people in Russia now listening to no us. No way. Yeah, That's I saw awesome. that. So uh, to our Russian listeners, uh, thank you out there for sure. Um, and again, we are uh, also um, the building. Mm -hmm. uh, we are collecting funds for our possible new building you know last year last week we started talking about uh, uh possibly bringing seminary here not us doing the seminary but uh joining in with other right. uh, uh uh seminaries to, to to bring down here to laredo mm -hmm. and uh again for listening audience we need your help uh, we are in a very small facility right now, and, and it's only through God's grace and your help that we're going to be able to move into another facility exactly. for his glory. Yeah. Um, so There's yeah. a lot of potential, a lot of things that we we look forward to doing. Uh, we just don't have the space for it right now. Yeah. So, Lord willing, we'll be able to get into that, and we'll be able to uh, 
to offer some seminary level courses here in the near future. Yeah. So super excited about that. All right. Well, Steve, why don't we get this podcast started? Let's go. Let's do it. Thomas Watson was an English nonconformist Puritan preacher and author. He was educated at Emmanuel College in Cambridge, where he was noted for remarkably intense studies. In 1646, he commenced a 16-year pastoral at St. Stephen in Walbrook. Welcome, Dr. Watson. <laughs> I don't even know if he was he he held a, a doctorate. We're not doing any grave sucking. Yeah, no grave sucking. <laughs> we did that last time, but that's right. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh uh Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. So the Body of Divinity, this book that we're gonna be going over, actually was published after Thomas Watson's death in sixteen ninety two and it's considered his magnum opus. Mm. Um, became his most famous work. It uh, shows the, the author's deep understanding of spiritual truths and his ability to make them clear to anyone. And unlike other systematic theologies, it brings together both knowledge and piety so that they can be used effectively in daily, it can be used effectively in daily devotions. It's perhaps the most experiential systematic theology ever written, or at least one of them. So I really like it because it's very academic, mm. you know, doctrinally oriented, yes. but it's also very experiential and really applies these truths so that they're not just head truths, but they impact our hearts mm. and, yes. you know, carry and our uh, Im- impact the way that we live as well. And I just want to give a shout out to the book. Uh, this book is uh, was uh, republished through Banner of Truth. Yes. Um, a Body of the of Divinity by Thomas Watson. Uh, so you can go out and get this book that we're going to be going through. Uh, on top, uh, in front of the cover is actually a uh, a painting um, from uh, Oil on Canvas from 1847 by John Rogers Herbert. And the picture is a meeting of the Westminster Assembly on February 21st, 1644. Uh, so you guys will know a little bit back uh, about the picture there. Um, I think uh, one of the cool thing um, that I was reading here in his memoirs, how he passed away. Hmm. Uh, he said, Mr. Watson at the lengths returned to access, ex- Essex, excuse me, where he died suddenly in his closet at prayer. Yeah. Um, what a way to die. Yeah. Um, it reminds me when we had um, Alistair Begg. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was telling a story about his friend. He passed away. Uh, uh, praying and they found him uh, kneeling on the floor hunched over uh, but he had his prayer list and his name was on there and he was telling the story mm. so you guys wow. should go check out that podcast and he tells that story in the beginning and what a way to go really I I don't remember where I heard it initially but um, somebody was talking about uh, when he was looking forward to to dying um, he said that he wanted to have such an intimate relationship with the Lord that he was he would change his location, but not his company. Mm. And it just reminds me of that, you know, that uh, having such an intimate relationship with the Lord and 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 uh, being with Him in prayer, you mm. know, it's kind of just that transition. Yeah. You know, though you're changing your location, so to speak, you are you're not changing your company. Yeah. So and. and- and obviously, uh, his closet might have been this place or places where he would 
you know, uh, have his personal relation, the one-on-one yeah. with our, with our savior, uh, which I, I find important in myself to have a, uh, a spot, you know, one thing that I miss about being in mm. McAllen in our old home is that I did have a place where I was able to just, uh, get on right. my knees. Yep. One thing I miss in, in that, you know, I don't have in my in our apartment right now, which is going to change here soon because we did just recently purchase a house. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to just having that one spot. I mean, it, it, it makes a difference for me. It's super to, important. Uh, I have that away. every day. I have that spot that I well, I come here and mm. before anybody else gets here. So yeah. All right. So Steve, why don't we get get uh, uh, started here as a as an what I believe would be uh, chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a an older book. So the primary discourse to catechizing. Um, why don't we begin there? The book starts off with intending the next Lord's Day to enter upon the work of catechizing. It wills to be amiss to give you a preliminary discourse to show you how needful it is for Christians to be well instructed in the grounds of religion. Mm-hmm. If you continue in the faith, in the faith, grounded and settled, and we start off with the points here in this uh, catechism. Yeah, so number one, he says, it is the duty of Christians to be settled in the doctrine of faith. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, as any good Puritan, gives points and then subpoints underneath mm-hmm. that. And so he starts out, it is the duty of Christians to be settled in the doctrine of faith. And uh, he says, they are now such as are not settled in religion, will at one time or other prove wandering stars. They will lose their former steadfastness and wander from one opinion to Mm. another. And then he quotes Paul from actually Ephesians 4.14. And he is encouraging his, uh, the apostles and um, those at the church in Ephesus anyway, um, to to make sure that they are staying within the bounds of Mm -hmm. what was taught to them by the apostles. And he says in verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by Mm -hmm. the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And I just see such a real need for that today, Mm. you know, because we see so many divergent viewpoints, all considered within evangelical Christianity, but so many different, you know, different ideas. And it's just so important for us to make sure that we are founding all of those ideas on scripture. And and I find it interesting that nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, he's he's dealing with the same issues. I I, I appreciate that he, he goes here. The Arians had every, uh, had every year a new faith. This is, these are not pillars in the temple of God, but reach shaking in every way. The apostle called them damnable heresies in Second Peter yeah. chapter 2, verse 1. Yep. He says, a man may go to hell as well for his heresy as adultery, but to be unsettled in religion argues want of judgment. If their, if their heads were not getting, men would not reel so fast from one opinion to another. Um. And I just found it interesting that he's just pointing that out that, and we're going to go a little bit more uh, as we go down further of, of just, uh, he goes on to say that uh, children are fickled, sometimes of one mind, sometimes of another, uh, nothing pleasing, 
please them long so unsettled christians are childish the truth the truth is that they embrace at one time they reject another sometimes they like they like the protestant religion and soon after they have a good mind to turn to the uh papists yes and it, i think that's just why it's so important to make sure that we're in the word every day yeah. you know like we talked about earlier because it's so easy for us to uh to look somewhere else and to be distracted. And uh, if we're not in the word being fed daily, you know, we'll hear something and you'll think, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I think, yeah, it makes sense to me. But again, we always have to go back to scripture as our final authority. Now, didn't the Puritans were having a hard time because uh, uh, they were, and in, in, in here, as you say, they were returning back to the papists as uh, with the Roman Catholic Church, they were reformed, mm. and some people were trying to go back to some of those doctrinal uh, heresies that were just n- not there, right. right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, they were conti- They, I mean, there are a lot of different uh, viewpoints, mm. but there were definitely some who who wanted to go back to that Roman Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. And again, because it was, it was just one of the reasons being is that it was just easier. You know, a lot of times they were uh, very highly persecuted because yeah. of what they were doing, what they were believing. And one of the points along those lines that he makes here is that uh, he says, such as are not settled in the faith can never suffer for it. Skeptics in religion hardly ever prove martyrs. They that are not settled hang in suspense. When they think of the joys of heaven, they will espouse the gospel. But when they think of persecution, they deserve it. desert it. Unsettled Christians do not consult what is best, but what is safest. Yeah, wow. I, I, and I, and I, I read that and I highlighted that. And I was like, how relevant is that just today mm, exactly. as Christians run away from truth when things become difficult mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. And, and and i think it, i i believe i believe just when persecution comes to this country uh i mean i think lines are being drawn right now mm-hmm. but it, as persecution comes to this country i believe it's going to be through our wallets yeah through our money sure I, I don't know that i you know i'm just saying i mean this is this is the richest country ever and are we prepared to lose everything for for the sake of christ mm. Yeah, to lose those comforts that come along with that money as well. Yeah, Yeah. and a lot of people have. I know that a lot of people have a lot of difficulties with that. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I make sure that me and my wife examine ourselves. Are we prepared to lose everything Mm. for the sake Mm. of the gospel for Christ? Are we convinced that it's worth giving up everything Mm -hmm. for that it is that it is so true that we're we're willing to give up everything? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it doesn't have to be death. Yeah. I mean, uh, for for some of you guys don't know, before I came down here uh, to uh, uh, South Texas, uh, I you guys know that I'm from Chicago. I work for one of the world's largest bank. Um, during the financial crisis of 2008, that extended on to you know uh, 2011 when we started seeing here, uh, people were losing money and losing their jobs. That people were committed committing suicide mm. every Friday because all their wealth was disappearing. Wow. Uh, they lost their job. 
And I just remember, I just remember like sitting at our, at uh, my financial center and we used to call it, and I'm not making light of this name Mm. uh, because it's very serious. We called it Suicide Fridays because um, people were jumping off the buildings in Chicago and they would land near our financial center because where I worked and it was like, and we were just like, whoa, what is happening here? Mm. I never in my life have have seen that they were jumping off the windows because, they 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 lost everything and i know this just because of people that were my clients would tell me oh did you hear that so and so and i yeah. was like oh no way what happened yeah. so wow. um and again i think that martyrdom um yes comes through death but i don't know i mean this country is a rich country and, and look at what's going on yeah. with just yeah so sorry finding but, finding your security in in money instead of in the Lord, finding your identity in the things of this world instead of in the Lord. And that's, again, just why it's so important for us to be settled on the truth of Scripture mm-hmm. so that uh, when these hard times come, and they will come, yeah, we're not diverted. I, I like the point that he makes in 5 here. Mm. He goes, if ye are not settled in religion, you will never grow we are commanded to grow up into the head, even Christ. And he's quoting Ephesians uh, chapter 4, uh, verse uh, verse 15. Verse 15. Um, but if we are, and he goes on to say, but if we are unsettled, there is no growing. The plant which is continually removing never thrives. He can no more grow in ungodliness who is unsettled than a bone can grow in the body that is out of joint. Mm. I was like, wow, that is, there has to be growth as Christians. Paul clearly states this, you know, in the Bible um, where he rebukes and say, why are you still in the milk of the word? Where is your growth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to be attached to the vine if we're going to grow, Mm -hmm. because if we're not, if we're not spending that time in the word, we're not going to grow in it so yeah it's just a it's a great analogy there Mm -hmm. so he he makes another point in in uh point number six there he says there is great need to be settled because there are so many things to unsettle us seducers Mm. are abroad whose work is to draw away people from the principles of religion yeah and then a little later he says seducers deceive by wisdom of words from Romans 16:18 by good words and fair speeches they deceive the hearts of the simple and uh, I think that's just another great point is that um, people around us who would seek to divert our attention yeah. from the true word a lot of the things that they say sound really good but end up being um, being contrary to scripture and it being heresy yeah yeah Yeah. and he goes on to give uh uh three other uh, points on that he he goes that another slate is uh is a pretense of extraordinary piety that so so, uh that so people may admire them and suck in their doctrine i mean where, where do we see that i mean how many prosperity preachers do we see this uh who or even other preachers who who say that they have not sinned yeah exactly. i mean you hear that you guys if you guys ever hear that at the pulp in the pulpit run yeah right yeah i mean these these are these are shepherd who sin you know yes they have been called to do an extraordinary work but for them to to act 
that nothing in their life is wrong. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah, um, and yeah. you can you can put that uh, out there. I mean, you can make yourself look really well, but uh, you know, it's the heart that mm-hmm. that uh, the Lord sees. And uh, so, just because somebody looks good from the outside, does not necessarily mean that everything that they teach is from the Word of God. And so, I think it's 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 those piety and being biblical are not mutually exclusive, obviously, mm, yes. but you can have piety mm-hmm. without being biblical. biblical. Yeah. And that, and that, I found that very interesting. Uh, what did you think about that uh, third point that he makes there of the, of the seducer, the cheats of the seducer mm. in laboring to vilify and nullify sound doctor, sound uh, orthodox teacher they would eclipse those that bring the truth like black vapors that darken the light of heaven. They would defame others that they themselves may be more admired. Yes. What would be, what would be an example of that? You think? I mean, I think you see it in the prosperity gospel movement, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I think quite often you'll hear very negative things said of, those who would seek to teach the word of God. Yeah. Um, I guess that's one of the things that I really appreciated about uh, R.C. Sproul. I don't think that he, I never heard him, I don't think ever say anything negative yeah. about somebody else. You know, he just taught the word yeah. without trying to vilify anybody else with whom he may have disagreed. Yeah. What did, what did R.C., what did, what was the words that R.C. would like to say when, uh, uh, and <laughs> what's wrong with you people? <laughs> what's wrong with you people? <laughs> that was that was a classic. That was. Um, I our, I just threw our engineer there just for a spin. <laughs> so our sound engineer. Uh, yeah, I I I found it interesting for all you guys. Uh, Todd White, you know, um, was it a couple months ago where, you know, he at first was not responding. I don't know where he's right now, but you know. Um, uh, Kosti Hinn has sent him a video of the American gospel yeah. and totally disparaged him, you know, like Todd he, disparaged Kosti, Kosti yeah. you know, at first, but, but he seemed to come back around. A little yeah. Bit. So I'm, I'm like you say, I'm not sure where he is. Right yeah. Now. I don't know where he is, but you know, I, I think that, um, sometimes, you know, we'll throw people under the bus who are other teachers who are actually preaching truth for, so that them themselves may look better. Look good. Yeah. yeah. And we tend to, I mean, any of us is suspect is, uh, can do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, we all have that, that temptation just to make ourselves look good. I so. mean, I do that behind your back sometimes. Yeah, I know you, know you do. <laughs> so do I. Um, so he was going on there. He said the, uh, the fourth cheat I thought was really interesting. Yes. The seducers is to preach the doctrine of liberty as though men are freed from the moral mm. law, the rule, as well as the curse. And Christ has done all for them, and they need to do nothing. Mm. You know, cheap grace. It's what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about. Mm. You know, basically anti- antinomianism, mm. you know. Anti-law. It, yeah, the belief that uh, since we're not under the law anymore, we can live like we want. And so we uh, we don't have any sort of uh, uh, a law to live unto, which is just a total... Um, twisting of scripture, you know, because we want to, as believers, we should want to live according to God's law, his moral law, because of what he has done for us in Christ. 
And Paul had to deal with this issue mm. when you read Romans, and, yeah. he, and, and he's answering a question to the would-be reader. Would you might say that I just go on sinning? And Paul is very clear, by no means. Yeah. You know, um, that should not be our attitude of, of, of grace that, oh, man, like God died for, uh, Christ died for me. I'm, I'm good. Like, let me just go do what I want. Exactly. And, and, and we, know not, we know that not to be true, if anything, because of our understanding of the cross and what, he, what Christ has done for us mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and him and his mercy and his grace and justifying us that should cry us to get to cry let us cry out and get on our knees, right? You know, even that much more of what he's done, you right? Know, because, man, um, this is temporary, and we are going to be with him forever in heaven, and not because of me, because of him. Exactly. Yeah. And so that desire to live according to his will and to live in a way that is holy and pleasing to him should be our primary desire. I like that he says, while there is a devil and a wicked man in the world, never expect a charter of exemption from trouble. Mm-hmm. How many fall away in an hour of persecution? And we were just talking about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just heard, he goes on to quote Reve- Revelation. He says, there appeared a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and his tail drew the third parts of the stars in heaven, the red dragon by his power. Uh, drew away the stars and then uh, or imminent professors that seemed to shine as a star in the firmaments of the church and then they fell away uh i mean we we see this in 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 the in the first couple of chapters of revelation of of jesus rebuking the churches you were you were except two um that were doing well but the other ones were not doing so hot they started off great you know and went to the west side you're either hot or you're cold i'd rather you be one or the other but right. yet you're lukewarm right yep so let's go on to that second proposition mm. yes so the second point uh under the uh this chapter on catechizing is the second proposition is that the way for christians to be settled is to be well grounded mm. if you continue grounded and settled the greek word for grounded is a metaphor which alludes to a building that has the foundation well laid, so Christians should be grounded in the essential points of religion and have their foundation well laid. And then he makes a couple of points. He says that we should be grounded in the knowledge of fundamentals mm. uh, so that the, those first principles should be laid down well. And uh, so... That's what he does well in this book, lays down those, those, uh, those first principles so that we understand what the basic truths are, what the basic um, fundamentals are of Christianity. Because there are, there are some things that are, you know, that we can come to different conclusions about and, uh, you know, have some different discussions on, like, you know, eschatology, baptism. But there are those fundamental truths, you know, like who God is and who we are in his presence and who Christ is and how we're, we're saved. And those are things that there, there really is no dissension. There shouldn't be any dissension or uh, discussion on. And, and it's super important to have those uh, foundations in place mm. uh, just because uh, when you do have those foundations in place, 
uh, it was going to help you understand the things as you move forward. You have the you have laid the foundation, so understanding as uh, as you learn more are going to make those things a lot easier for us to understand. Absolutely. Uh, I, I and I think that uh, as um, uh, we've gone through MacArthur's fundamental of the faith here, I know some people are are have done it in the past and are going through. I know we're going through the one in Spanish here as well. Uh, it's amazing how people who've been in church for years and have just started mm. doing the fundamentals of the faith, and they're like, wow, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, And that's one of the things that we really value highly here as a ministry is just making sure that we go over those fundamentals all all the time, you know, because we can't assume that people have that understanding. You know, people are frequently in church, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and don't have a basic understanding of, you know, justification, you know, of the the doctrine of sin, you know, mm. original sin. And uh, so these things are just important for us to have a fundamental understanding of if we are to teach and if we are to uh, mentor other people. I really like uh, Thomas Watson here says uh, in point number one under uh, on the fundamentals here, he says, else we cannot serve God all right. We can never worship God acceptably unless we worship him regularly. Mm. And how can we do that if we are ignorant of the rules and the elements of religion? Yeah. We are to give God a reasonable service. And he quotes here, uh, Romans uh, 12. Um, if we, if we, yeah, Romans 12, chapter one, I believe if we understand not the grounds of religions, religion, how can it be a reasonable service? Right. Yeah. So we know, we have to know what God expects of us. Mm. We, we have to know what he teaches us in his word if we're going to serve him. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, any other job position. I mean, obviously it's not just that, but you have to know how to do it if you're going to do it well. I think, um, and I, and I think that that's one of the things that, um, I've been in, um, past churches, um, um, where you come to church and we forget that we're coming to church to worship a holy God. Um, instead we go to church to, uh, it's become like a social club, mm, yeah. you know, like there's no reverence into coming to the holy place. You know, that's one thing that we were talking about a lot during the Hebrew study mm. of who we have as a, a, a great high priest, amongst other things. Right. Just uh, that we we serve a holy God. Sure. Um, and and there is a way to approach him. There's a way to yes. worship him. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so. It's not just a matter of doing what we feel like or, mm. you know, uh, what is most uh, expedient for getting the most people in the door. But what does God say in his word with regarding regarding the way that he is worshipped? You know, what does the church look like? What are the, the fundamental characteristics of a, of a church? You know, and so these are all things that we need to be aware of if we're going to worship God rightly. Yeah, and and some people might say, well, this is a New Testament. I was like, you just go back to Revelation and see what we're doing. Mm, yeah. All right. Like, it, it's it's there. Um, we're gonna be worshiping, and even 
as we get our rewards and all these things, we're going to be handing it back to him. I mean, there there is order. Absolutely. You know, there is order. So yeah. let's not forget that. Yeah. So he goes on to to say that uh, knowledge of the grounds of religion much enriches the mind. It is mm-hmm. a lamp to our feet. The knowledge of fundamentals is the golden key that opens the chief mysteries of religion. And uh, he's not speaking there of some sort of Gnostic hidden mm. uh, information, but just that, uh, you know, the, the, ch- the chief mysteries of religion as given to us in his word. So it's not something that's hidden or secretive, but it does involve work for us to, to be able to understand it. You know, we have to study it. We have to read it. Not everything is as easy as, as some things. You know, Peter says that about Paul, yeah. right? Some of his writings that's are harder. Right. Yeah. So. And he acknowledged that, you know, and I, and I believe that uh, I like to uh, use the word uh, illumination in mm. that um, where uh, the word is there. And I think as we are studying, as we are meditating, um, I find it interesting where I've read verses for, you know, mm. you know, 10 times. And I was like, wait, what, what was there? You yeah. know, I, 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 uh, Leanne was talking about that uh, uh was it last week when we when we started Lamentation Habakkuk? Right. Yeah. It was like I've read through this. You right, know? right. Uh, I believe that's what it was. And and how many times? And yet, for our listeners out there, you guys know what we're talking about. Where you're just like, hold on a second. <laughs> Did I ever read this? Before? <laughs> Did I, ever I remember read this? this? <laughs> What's going on here? And 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 I think that that's just the the depths of the knowledge of uh, yeah. of, of God's word. And it's not because we did anything it's been there all along but just the holy spirit as he illuminates as we get serious about just meditating on his word at night yeah amen and it does involve getting serious yes so yeah he goes on to talk about uh the word furnishing uh, um it furnishes us with armor of proof Mm. uh weapons to fight against the adversaries of the truth Mm. you know so we need to be able to uh to defend the faith as peter says and then he goes on to uh, talk as well about this grounding being the best way to being settled, grounded and settled. Um, a tree that it may be well settled must be well rooted. So if you would be well settled in religion, you must be re- rooted in its principles. That's Psalm chapter one, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody knows Psalms, Psalms one, and if you don't, go read it, and you'll and you'll you'll see what that means and being well rooted. Um, I, I I like that he starts when he moves on to being rooted. He starts uh, going on to the other section. Um, he goes, he starts out to see the reason why so many people are unsettled, ready to embrace every novel opinion, and dress themselves in as many religions as fashion. It is because they are ungrounded. Mm. See how the apostle joins these two together, unlearned and unstable. Second Peter chapter three, verse 16, such as are unlearned in the main points of divinity are unstable. As the body cannot be strong, that as the sinew shrunk, so neither can the Christian be strong in religion who wants the ground of knowledge, which are the sinews to strengthen and establish him. Yeah. Again, it's just so easy for us to be diverted and to be uh, directed in so many different ways, just like a stream, you know, um, just kind of following where the 
where the uh, the channel goes, a stream of water, you know, and so we need to make sure that we are grounded in what the Bible says so that we're not being directed by the world mm. in what we believe, but that we are being directed by his word. Do you, uh, do you, would you also apply this to um, some people who are not grounded and are bouncing around different uh, doctrinal uh, beliefs mm. in different denominations? Um, for example, like, um, and, and not necessarily within Christendom, like, um, I had, I, I knew a guy and he was, he was a Pentecostal, uh, I, I believe love the Lord and then, uh, turn into, then decided to turn into Judaism wow. out of all things, because he just felt like a connection with just, uh, a lot of the, uh, old Testament rituals and, and, and I was just like, all right. And then before that, he was like in another denomination and, and that's when I just started kind of seeing that he was not being taught and discipled hmm. and didn't want to be under the authority of somebody either, which I think made, made a difference. That, yeah, that says a lot right there. I think that that frequently is a problem is hmm. uh, being under the authority, just, just being under the discipleship, the mentorship of somebody else and being willing to submit to that teaching is, uh, is so important because, uh, you know, we see so many people who are unwilling to do that, and they do. They bounce around from one novel um, teaching to another rather than than being settled in the truths of what the Bible teaches us. And this is why catechizing is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I don't know if you want to touch this on the use too here. Yeah, absolutely. He says, see what great necessity there is of laying down the main grounds of religion in a way of catechizing that the weakest judgment may be instructed in the knowledge of the truth and strengthened in the love of it. Catechizing is the best expedient for the grounding and settling of people. And then he goes on to uh, talk about catechizing is laying the foundation from Hebrews 6 to preach and not to catechize is to build without a foundation. This way of catechizing is not novel, it is apostolic. The primitive church had their forms of catechism, as those phrases imply a form of sound words from 2 Timothy and the first principles of the oracles of God from Hebrews 5. And uh, then he, he, he goes on to talk about laying the grounds of religion catechistically. Christians have been clearly instructed and wondrously built up in the Christian faith. Mm. And then he, he's talking about his design or his desire, his plan is to begin that work of catechizing on the Sabbath day. And so this is, and he says specifically, I intend to every other Sabbath in the afternoon to make it my whole work to lay down the grounds and fundamentals of religion catechistically. And so he is not planning on having catechism replace, you know, Sunday worship, yes. right? It is in addition to Sunday worship to give the fundamentals so that when they're there on Sunday, they have something to, to connect to, to plug into. 
And so, yeah, catechism is not something that we do in order to replace Sunday worship. It yeah. is an addition to it. Yeah, and, and, and that's very important, especially uh, the responsibility that the man, the head of the household, has mm, exactly. in teaching his family. Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's a huge responsibility uh, for all you men out there. We need to take the responsibility in teaching our children, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, yes, the the role of, uh, 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 of the of the wife is there as well, but it's our job to lead our family because we are the head. Absolutely, and we will be uh, respons- We will be judged and we'll be responsible for that and how we did that to our our family. Yeah, yeah, good point. We are the spiritual leaders. God designed mm. us to be the spiritual leaders, and we are by default. I think we are the spiritual leaders. Mm. You can either do it well or you can do it poorly. Yeah. If you do it poorly, it's going to have ramifications in your entire family, your marriage with your children. Mm. You know, none of us does it perfectly, obviously. Yes. But we can try to do that. And uh, and so, you know, we want to make sure that we are leading our families well, that we're teaching them from the Word of God. And I think that that's where the transformation is going to happen. Oh, man, I am just convinced that, you know, as so, as goes the fathers and the husbands, so goes the, the family, so goes the nation, you yeah. know. So, I mean, if we're going to have hope for this nation, it's obviously the Lord is going to bring it about. Yes. But we as men have a huge responsibility to yeah. teach our families well. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, uh, convicting to me to make sure that uh, um, I set aside time to be with my wife uh one of the things that we're doing uh as we're going through habakkuk we're we decided that we're going to do these things together mm, yeah. uh, instead of separately nice. uh, so it's going to be uh we did the first part together and now we're going to be going into the second week and uh, uh we're going to be spending time this week and going through together and i think i uh, I think that's going to be just a, a lot better for us um, as we start bouncing uh, these questions back and forth to each other as we've gone through the studies. Um, and, and, and I think that's where I'm going to learn a lot more uh, about uh, just the study and even more about my wife right. as we're going through this, you know. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that together with your with your wife. Mm-hmm. So, again, going back to just reiterating what catechism is, you know, it's teaching. It does not mean routine and memorization that doesn't impact our heart and our hands. Uh, The purpose of of learning, of catechizing, is for the glory of God. And so catechizing is a fancy word, but it's just just teaching. Yeah. So, like I said in the beginning, don't be freaking out, all right? Exactly. With that word, all right, for all you Baptists out there, (laughs) we love you. So, uh, well, guys, well, I think, uh, do you have anything else? Is no, there, that, no, I thought that was good. That was, would you, uh, you know, we always end our podcast with uh, the gospel. Would you like to end the gospel, uh, end the show today and give yeah. the gospel message to our listeners around the world, Steve? Let's do it. So, <laughs> so the gospel is literally good news, right? It's, it's the good news. It's Jesus Christ. But why is it good news? And if... If we don't understand what our bad news is first, mm. that good news doesn't make any any sense to us. Yeah. And so um, I think Paul talks about that very clearly in Romans 3. We see it throughout the Bible, obviously, and he quotes here Romans 3 from 
one of the Psalms, but he says, uh, as it is written, none is righteous, mm-hmm. no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And then later on in that chapter, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so that's the, that's the bad news. We are hopeless outside of Christ. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't be good enough. Um, we can't even, we can't do anything to endear ourselves yeah. to God. And it's only through the grace of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, mm-hmm. that we have a sense of our own guilt and our sin and we are even given the, the faith to believe in Christ through that gift of grace. And so the bad news is we're all sinners. But then Paul switches it up and he says in uh, chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we de- all deserve death. Outside of Christ, we deserve to be separated from God. We're under his wrath. But God in his mercy has given us his son. And when we are joined to him in faith, we have eternal life. And so the good news, as I said, is Jesus Christ. And we appropriate Christ. We make him our own through faith. It's not faith in itself, but the object of that faith. The object Mm. of that faith is Jesus Christ. And so that's who our hope is in. And when we put our trust in him, when we rely on him fully for our salvation, for our forgiveness of sin, then we are born again and we are his children. So, yeah, Amen to that. I mean, it, this is, it's, it's his work, not our work. How, and, and, and it's easy. It is. Know? It is. It uh, is easy. Like, not that the, the walk, the walk, the Christian walk is, the Christian walk is hard, but what he's done like we just have faith in him, right? And it's hit. I mean, we just rest upon his shoulders, right? My righteousness is my righteous. I'm only righteous because of him, mm-hmm. and and that is good news. You know, I, I can never, I can never, you know, and that brings a lot of relief to me. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, well that concludes this week's episode. Um, as we are going through uh, Thomas Watson's. A Body of Divinity. Uh, you can get this book by Banner of Truth. Um, it's a, a really good price uh, for the book, and you can buy it on uh, Banner of Truth. It has a website, right? Yeah. 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 Banner of Truth. Just look at Banner of Truth. You can get it there, or we have copies here as yeah. well. So, yeah. So please shoot us out an email, and we'll get that out to you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode as we were trying something new. Uh, we're going to go through the body of divinity probably maybe once a month or maybe a couple of times. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. see. We schedule so here. just look up uh, next week. Uh, we do have uh, missionaries coming on uh, for our podcast. So look, looking forward to that. And uh, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we, we've been posting a lot of videos up there and just gives, give, keep you guys update, uh, about the ministry and the things that we are doing for the kingdom. Yes, absolutely. We had a really good 
podcast with uh, Camden Busey last time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, last week. Yeah, that was and, that was really good. Yeah, and so I know check that out. <laughs> one of one of our uh, uh, friends who is going to the the study mentioned yeah. uh, one of the the one of the things that he said in the podcast about yeah, this is probably one of the books where <laughs> you just like don't like don't go through if you had a new bible the still, pages are stuck together yeah, the pages so. are still stuck together and, and so i thought that was really awesome yep all right guys well we'll see you guys next week i hope you enjoyed it and like always is we like to uh end and end the show here is what is your only comfort in life and in death that i am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior jesus christ amen to next week